0: that song is so true in the presence of Jehovah do you sense the peace and our our troubles vanish our hearts are mended in the midst of that and that's what God was doing he was dealing with hurts and wounds and physical ailments and he he wants to touch you because he sent his son to pay a terrible price and he has paid that price for each one of us and so his healing virtue is available um, all the time all the time so when he's present it's so much more manifest you know what i'm saying there's so much more the peace and the and the love and his presence he just wants to reach out and touch you he wants to bless you he wants to let his love flow and touch you he wants to minister to you he wants to cause hope to rise up in you he wants to bring a change in every situation that you have and that's what he's about doing that's why he sent his only son, so that you could be delivered out of darkness. Amen? Okay, well, I think we'll go ahead and share the word now. And um, Max engage. you you're used to me talking to you. Do you mind staying up here today? Because they got a house full downstairs. Is that okay, guys? All right. So I know you used to listen to me, because I, I usually do this to you guys. So anyway... Um, if you haven't got a Bible and you need a Bible, I think there's some on the shelves back there. And um, um, God is so good, isn't he? God's good. Um, we're gonna start with, our, our, probably our main one will be in, in Psalms, if you wanna turn to Psalms 107. Psalms 107. Psalms 107. Hey, Natalie, the, the thing after, was afterwards for the kids, right? Okay, because I know Max and Gage went in on that, right, guys? Okay, all right. Just making, just taking care of you guys. <laughs> all right. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Oh yeah, there it is. This is uh, we've we've done this song many times here. I mean, usually I do it, I play it, but um, you'll recognize this the scripture verse it's psalms 107 2 let the redeemed of the lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary let the redeemed of the lord say so so who's the redeemed we are are, aren't we we're the redeemed and what are we supposed to be saying so that we're redeemed (laughs) and so we're supposed to say so that's the main thrust of what we're going to talk about today You know, I I probably will, I've already talked about healing, but, you know, that healing is my, I I really like that area, and prayer, I like that area. So don't be surprised if we get over there in an area of healing. But anyway, we're going to be talking about saying so as the redeemed, amen? So, So the redeemed, that word redeemed there means bought back, bought back. You were bought back with a price. You were bought back. And and I know most of you know all this, but as I was, I was, you know, I was just trying to see what the Lord wanted to do yesterday, and I was trying to get ready for Easter dinner and cleaning my house, and I was walking around, and Lord, I just thank you that you did give me what you want to say, and I just couldn't come up with it. You know, sometimes you'll hear it on the inside immediately, but as I as I sat down then last night, I was you know, I've been praying in spirit while I've been working and I um, just started, I just kept thinking about, we are the redeemed. We are the redeemed. We are the redeemed of the Lord, and we need to be saying so, because nobody else is going to say it for us. We need to be saying it. So as I was looking at, you know, just meditating on what, what happened in the garden, you know, and most of you know all of this, but most of you don't really realize, you know, the garden was a place of protection for Adam and Eve. It was a place where everything, all their needs were met. They had all the food that they could ever want, and um, there was no sickness and disease there. They didn't have to be concerned about clothing or food. They could just go pick something off a tree and eat it whenever they wanted to. Um, and Adam, if you, if you go back and say this, he was in authority there in, in the garden, he um, was ruling and reigning. He had charge of all the animals and he could speak to them and tell them where to go and what to do and all that kind of thing. And, um, and he, was, he basically was kept left in charge. He was put in charge of the garden. Means he had to do a little work. He had to till. His work didn't just come after he sinned. He had to take care of the garden. And so, so then he him and him and Eve messed up. And so they were kicked out of the garden, and that sent the domino effect that we had experienced before we got born again. So for all of you, that's kind of a history lesson. But uh, we are, um, the minute like this little baby over here is born, er, he's born in the, in the flesh, but he needs to be born again, otherwise he's headed to hell. Just not that he's done anything right now, I mean, after he's raised up. Of course, if he, goes, if he dies right now, he'll be in heaven. But after he's raised up to an age of accountability, if he doesn't accept Jesus as Lord, he's going to go to hell, even if he's a good boy. Because he needs to know that what, the price that Jesus has paid. He needs to know that. He needs to accept Jesus as Lord. And so, so uh, that sent the domino effect there was a domino effect that every one of us then was born in darkness and in sin. And we had to come to a place of, of accepting Jesus as Lord so that we could walk in victory and freedom and have a new nature and a new life and be free from sickness and disease so I, I just wanted to give you i want to go to first corinthians and and you know me uh, i always have a lot of scriptures so just get ready to flip back and forth you could probably hold your hand in the psalms 107 but first 1 corinthians 6 um, 20 talks about again this is reiterating you have been bought with a price therefore glorify god in your body you have been bought with a price Jesus Christ paid the price for you on the cross. Nobody else did that or is going to do that. Muhammad didn't do that. Um, Buddha didn't do that. Nobody hung on the cross except Jesus Christ. And and he's the one that we have to accept if we want to live forever and we want to be born again and live forever for him. He's the one we have to accept if we want to have victory here on this earth. He's the one we want to accept if we want to walk in newness of life and if we want to walk in healing and wholeness. He's the one we have to accept. Because as as the fallen, the fallen position that man is in right now, they're all scrambling to try to meet their own needs. They're, they're sick and they're and see the church really shouldn't be sick there shouldn't be any sickness in the church you know when they came out of egypt there wasn't one sick you know god took care of all that not one was sick and that's the place the church needs to be in so that our job then is to go into all the world preach the gospel lay hands on the sick and they will recover that's the church's job that's the church's job say that's my job To go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, and speak with new tongues. That's my job. job. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that starting right now. (laughs) Amen. Okay, we got a good army going here right now. All right, so first... um, for you have been bought with a price; therefore, glorify God in your body. And you know that price. I was, I was, I took this from a, a teaching that I was listening to this week. The price that was, the price that was paid. And I, I knew he was whipped, but I, you know, and I knew when I watched the the Passion of Christ. I think that was the name of it. The, you know how how. How bloody that was, and how awful that was, you know. They did a real good job that way, but that is nothing compared to what he really looked like. He was unrecognizable hanging on the cross for you and for me. He was unrecognizable. You know, he was um, in, in Rome, is where he was beaten, you know, or whipped. By his stripes we were healed. Not the Jews didn't do it. Romans did it. And it was a little more, it was harsher. They used a, a cat of nine tails. And you know, I, I was studying that out. I did not really realize what a cat of nine tails was. You know, because when I thought about him being whipped, oh, just one whip. You know how you use to herd cattle sometimes with one whip. This this cat of nine tails had nine whips on the end of it. Nine whips. And and those those things on the end... The, each whip had pieces of glass in it, bone, anything sharp, that when it hit him, it, it tore his skin, it tore his body, it tore his flesh. That's why he needed help um, carrying the cross because, you know, there was pieces of flesh hanging off him. Sometimes you could see the bone, you know, his spine and his back. And, and so that's why he, they said he was unrecognizable on the, hanging on the cross. But he did that for you and me. He took and bore those stripes so that we could be healed. So that we can walk in wholeness. And that we could live victoriously. Amen? Amen. He did that for us. And so he is worth every, every bit of praise that we can give him. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't be speaking out of our mouth anything other than what he has done redemptively for us. We should be saying, okay, by his stripes I am healed. Not saying, oh, that's just going to kill me if I do that. You know, I, I had a gradual process of learning with my words. And then, of course, then I married Dick, and he was really on his words. But anyway, he, was, he knew about the, the word thing and understood that, that we really have to watch what we say. What we say is what we get, exactly, you know, that we have to watch what we say. And so we're, we're really gonna be hitting that um, quite a bit. So I want to go back to Romans. And, and I got a little bit ahead here, but Romans five nineteen. And this is, again, this is what's happened with Jesus on the cross. And if you can picture him hanging there, unrecognizable just about, you know. And then, I mean, they still did stuff. They had to nail him to the cross. And then they poked him in the side and they put the, crown of thorns on his head but verse 19 in Romans 5 says for as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners that's where we were before we accepted Jesus as Lord the many were made sinners even so through the obedience of the one who was the one that was obedient Jesus Jesus was obedient the many will be made righteous through his obedience, and because we have accepted him, we have become righteous. Now, um, with that, hook up Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, and, and again, you've heard me share this, the in Christ position, when you accept Jesus as Lord, you move to an in Christ position, it's a place of protection, it's a place where all your needs are met, it's a place where healing is always available, it's in Christ, you are in Christ, you are victorious every minute of the day, even if you don't feel like it. But see, what happens when our feelings get involved and we start speaking out how we feel instead of what God's word said. you know, the Holy Spirit has come to move on the words that we speak. And so he wants to move on the word of God and the angels hearken to the word of the Lord as well. And so when we speak out things that line up with God's word, then it has to come to pass. It has to come to pass. We'll look at that in a minute. I'm going too ahead here um, 517 therefore if any man is in Christ he's a new creature the old things passed away behold the new things have come and that's a that's a, another place where we have trouble with our thoughts we think in the old man we think out of the old man instead of the new man we need to think out of the new man and we need to stop thinking out of the old man because the old man has gone The old man is gone. We have to renew our mind. That's why it says in in, uh, Romans 12 that we need to renew our mind so that we can prove what the good good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. We have to renew our mind to that. And when our mind is renewed to that, then we're going to speak out out of the abundance of our heart and then we're going to have God's will. We're going to prove what God's will is in our lives. Amen? Okay, so that goes on there. I mean, the whole thing is really good, That those whole, all those scripture verses. Now, all these things, verse 18, are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us, in verse 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And if you, I've been, I've taught several weeks back that 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 robe of righteousness we received, the robe of of um, darkness and the robe of uh, sin, the robe of sickness, the robe of that was removed. Jesus removed that when he paid the price on the cross. He took it away from us, the old nature. He put it on himself on the cross. He carried, Matthew eight seventeen says, he carried it away from us. He carried it away and then he gave us his robe of righteousness. Now as I'm saying that, I want you to picture that happening to you because it will help you uh, renew your mind to the fact of what you have. He took everything away from you. I don't care what kind of sickness you're dealing with. He has already carried it away, and it was nailed to the cross. I don't care what any any kind of hopelessness or fear or torment or depression. He took that away, and he nailed it on the cross. You don't have to live like that if you're in Christ. You're a new creature Old things have passed away. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to be depressed. Get your mind renewed to who you are in Christ. Get your mind renewed to what terrible price Jesus paid for us. Get your mind renewed to that. And so then when he carried all of that away, he said, Here, I want you to have my robe of righteousness. I want you to be like me on this earth. I want you to walk and do what I did. I want you to heal the sick, cast out devils, and, and preach the gospel. I want you to do that. That's what he said. I want you to do that. And he gave you that robe of righteousness so that you're able to stand in a right standing position and it's you talking to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Amen? And you have, you have a... Um, There's just so much that we we can renew our mind to that the world has stolen from us. The devil has stolen from us. He's lied to us and and stolen from us. So much of that. And the church just isn't, they don't even know anything about healing. A lot of the church doesn't. I mean, really, let alone know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The church does not know anything about healing. Excuse me, but they don't. And if we're going to have revival, there has to be a church that is not afraid of the gospel, and they know who they are, they know what they have been given, and they know what they're supposed to do. Amen? Amen? And we're supposed to go into all the world. Amen. We're supposed to lay hands on the sick, people that are days away from dying with cancer. We should be able to lay hands on them and, and um, see them rise up off their deathbed. Amen? We should. Okay, um, I don't know if I got way out there ahead of me or not, but <laughs> um, let's go to um, Colossians 2. This is another favorite one of mine, Colossians 2. Um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Verse 13. I mean, I like it up above that, starting with 9, where it talks about all the fullness of the deity dwells within us. You know, you've heard, you've heard me teach that before, but again, if you renew your mind that you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in you, then you've got lots going for you. And if you can get your mind renewed to that, my goodness, you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover every time. But, <coughs> excuse me, that isn't where we're going. We're going to start with 13. <clears throat> and then Jesus, when he was, um, this is what happened. He was nailed to the cross so verse 13 and when you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh he made you alive together with him having forgiven us all our transgressions having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us and which was hostile to us and he has taken it out of the way which we just talked about and nailed it to the cross Then when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Amen. He made a public display. He made a public display of them basically saying, these these demonic influences, they have no power. They have no power. There is nothing here that can hold me down. And he was raised up from the dead. So every time we enforce the defeat of the demonic influences and we receive our healing or we pray for somebody and they're raised up off their deathbed or they receive their healing we are making a public display of them we make a public display of them we're giving god god glory see when we pray for people it's never we never get any glory we shouldn't get any glory because it's not us. It's him working through us. We're just being obedient to do what he's told us to do. And so, so he gets the glory every time. And, and, and the devil won't like that. I'll tell you that right now. He won't like that. But we don't care, do we? No, no we don't care because see, God, said, God said that he sent us into all the world to preach the gospel. And if he's told us to do that and we're obedient to do that, then it's his job to take care of us. Amen? Amen. It's his job to take care of us. Okay. So um, I, just want, I just want to reiterate that, that um, everything we talked about, sickness, depression, discouragement, was all nailed to the cross. Jesus opened up a way when he was nailed to the cross for us to have victory in every area of our life. Um, to get us into the promised land. Uh, to be restored back to what Adam had in the garden. Adam had every need met. Adam had um, no sickness and disease there. Adam ruled and reigned in the garden. And we are to rule and reign here. Um, I'm not sure where that scripture verse is. It might be in Colossians. Uh, hmm. But anyway, we're to rule and reign here. Amen? Amen. We are to triumph every time. We have authority here to tread upon serpents and scorpions, it says in Luke 10, 19. We have authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions or demonic influences or that which wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly, and that's what we're supposed to have. Um, (coughs) Jesus opened a way for us to be free from sickness and disease, to be free from poverty. And he also made a way for us to sit together with him in heavenly places. In him, we sit together with him in heavenly places. That is our spiritual possession. position. We're spiritually seated together with him in heavenly places right now, right now. Your mind wants to go, well, I'm sitting right here in church how can I be seated together with him in heavenly places? It's a spiritual position, but that's the position you see every situation from. That's the position you see healing and a wholeness from. That's the position you see uh, lack and and, um, blessing, or uh, you see your needs met from that position. You see healing from that position. It's not, something that should be overwhelming you. When we're here and we start looking at it in the natural, it looks like it, it just is going to overwhelm us. You know, because you, have you ever walked into a forest and there's all these trees and you can't see the other end because all these trees? Well, a lot of times when we're in a situation, that's what it feels like. These trees are closing in around us and we can't see the way of escape. But God knows the way of escape. And he's made the way through Jesus Christ. So if we can sit together with him in heavenly places and look at our situation. I mean, I don't know how many of you have been in an airplane, but if you look down from an airplane, you can't see people. Everything is tiny. The situation's become nothing if you look at it from his perspective. If you look at it with, with sitting in a heavenly places and you look down on it from that position... The situation you're dealing with is nothing. It's nothing. Then if we see it from that position, we're not going to be given it voice, are we? We're going to be talking about what we have in Christ. We're going to be being the redeemed, and they're saying so. Because the redeemed of the Lord knows they're sitting together with him in heavenly places, and I say so. That, that situation is nothing. I speak to it in Jesus' name, and I thank you that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world, and that that situation dissipates now in Jesus' name. It doesn't have a right. It does not have a right. Jesus came that we can have abundant life. The devil come to steal, kill, and destroy. So whose side are you on? You're on Jesus' side, amen, so that you have the abundant life, okay? All right, so... Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. And most of you probably know this, but I think it's, it's necessary because I'm trying to drive a point home concerning um, the freedom that was purchased for us. Oh, that's right. I've got to read this out of the Amplified 3.13. Um, Christ purchased our freedom redeeming us from the curse the doom of the law's condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us for it is written in the scriptures cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree or is crucified so he he has redeemed us from the curse amen so going back to psalms 107 we don't want to go there i'm just gonna um, let the redeemed of the lord say so say so so just to cover that a little bit um revelation talks about we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that's how we overcome like i was just sharing with you a little bit ago that's how we overcome so we need to say so we need to speak or command or tell we need to think so if you're thinking wrong thoughts out of your mouth is going to come wrong things because uh oh i suppose we better go there um um, Luke 6:45. Luke 6:45. And um, "The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. So whatever your heart is full of, that's what you're going to speak out. Whatever your heart is full of, that's what you're going to speak out. If your heart is full of fear, hopelessness, depression, sadness, um, sickness, then that's what's going to come out of your mouth. And see, when, and I've taught this before, but when you speak those words out, they're hearkened to. They're either hearkened to by the devil or they're hearkened to by the angels. You lay your stepping stones by what you speak. You lay the path that you're gonna take by what you say. So if you're gonna, if you wanna, your path to be going in a right direction, then you need to be speaking right things out of your mouth. If you don't start doing that, then you're gonna, you're going to be getting, walking yourself, you yourself into trouble, okay? So you wanna say the right things out of your mouth. Okay? Um, So basically, I I wrote this down. The thoughts of man's soul is uttered by his mouth. So whatever you meditate on or think about, this is really a really important key. Whatever you meditate on and think about is what's going to come out of your heart. So if you meditate on doom and gloom, and sickness and disease, then that's what's gonna come out of your out of your mouth. So you, you need to change that. In Philippians four, and we don't need to go there, Philippians four talks about rejoicing, rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, and then he goes on to say be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your definite requests known unto God, for the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to tell you to think on right things, verse eight of Philippians four. And we need to think on the right things and he lists them out there. And I've done this many times, I've sat down and listed so I could find out where I wasn't thinking right. Anymore, I can tell when I'm not thinking right, you know, so, so. but sometimes in the beginning you need to, okay, is this something that's I would praise about? Or is this something that is giving God glory by what I'm saying? And so as you as you do that, you'll become more and more sensitive and your your words will automatically change. You know, your words will automatically change as you. You'll start hearing yourself say, well, um, like what I said earlier, um, that's just going to kill me if I do that. You know, people will say that stuff and we grow up hearing that kind of stuff. But words have a lot of oomph behind them, and so it's really important. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you're redeemed, don't curse yourself by what you say, okay? All right, let's go to, um, um, let's go to Mark 11. I'm going to read this one out of the Amplified as well. And this, the, I don't know if this is my last page it's oh, pretty close <laughs> anyway Mark Mark um, 11 I, and, and I'm going to share this with you as we're turning there this is not something this is something I heard on a teaching too so I can't claim this either <coughs> but it's um, to not believe that your words will come to pass is the same as a soldier believing his bullets will not fire To not believe that your words will come to pass is the same as a soldier believing his bullets will not fire when he fires his gun. See, when he fires his gun, it, the bullets are going to go Im- Im- immediately. So if you believe that your words aren't going to do anything, then it's like saying, okay, this soldier, when he fires his gun, those bullets aren't going to do anything either. I mean, really. Really? That's a sobering thought, isn't it? Sobering thought. Okay, Mark eleven twenty two, And I'm going to um, read this out of Amplified. So just bear with me and listen to the Amplified, but read along. And Jesus, replying, said to them, Have faith in God constantly. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain... And again, that word there says is similar to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We want to speak to the mountain, but we keep on saying, we keep on saying, if the mountain doesn't move the first time you say it, don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter one bit. It doesn't matter one bit. You don't change your confession if that mountain doesn't move right away. That mountain will move. You, you keep your confession steady on what he has said in his word. You line your word up with his word amen okay so truly i tell you whoever says to this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart but believes that what he says will take place it will be done for him for this reason i am telling you whatever you ask for in prayer believe trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it be lifted up and thrown into the sea. If you, if you say to the mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and do not doubt at all in your heart, but believe that what you say will happen. So it's really important that when we, when we say out of our mouth, we need to believe, you know, just like it says in Romans 10, you know, 9 and 10. Um, if we confess with our mouth, we'll see, how does that one go, guys? Sorry. Um, confess with your mouth yeah that's where i was going um just a minute let me i want to get it right i know what it says but i want to say it to right to you guys um that if you confess with your mouth jesus is the lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so the confession is really important because we've got to believe it in our heart and you can tell when you go ahead, when you speak something out, sometimes it sounds foreign to you. It doesn't quite want to line up with what I've always said. You know what I mean? It may not sound quite, but it doesn't make any difference. If it lines up with the God's word, you keep on saying it. You keep on saying it. You keep on saying it. Because the redeemed of the Lord, they do say so. It doesn't make any difference. If it doesn't make sense to you, your flesh will tell you it won't make sense, but if it lines up with the word of God, it does make sense, amen? So, so if, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And you, if you've heard me teach, I always use the scripture for salvation is everything. Just like redemption. It's the same thing. You get healed. You get uh, free from poverty. You get free from fear. You get free from depression. You get free from sadness. Salvation is all that encompassed. Amen? So, um, let's see. I'm just trying to see my... There's several things that hinder our belief. One of them is fear. One of them is fear. Being able to believe. And, it, it, and um, another one is wrong doctrine, we've heard wrong doctrine, we've heard that God has um, put sickness on us to teach us something, or we've grown up, you know, hearing other kinds of doctrine, or we don't know anything about healing at all. That's why we need to renew our minds to what God has done, what Jesus did on the cross, what God has said, what Jesus has said, that by by his stripes you were healed. And if you start, if you do a study, I've gone through it real fast, but I want to do more of a, a, um, a slow study on the different people that Jesus healed in the New Testament. You know, God, some people think that God, God um, you can get a good picture of who God was because Jesus came and he said, um, um, well, first of all, he said that I came to do the will of the Father. And then if you look at Acts 10, Um, Acts 10.38, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who oppressed the devil. Well, we can get a good picture of what God was. Sometimes people think, well, God isn't going to treat me the same way. Jesus just did that yesterday. He's not doing that today. Well, God's word says he did it yesterday, today, and forever. God's word also said that that Jesus went about doing good and healing all, but he was with him, working with him, doing that. So you have to know who your father is, you have to know what Jesus did, and you, and you have to know the help of the Holy Spirit has come to help you. I don't know that I can drill this in anymore, but you may hear it again, and again, and again, and again. It's really important that we walk in healing. The church needs to walk in healing. Not only walk in it, but they may, they need to. The church needs to be the ones to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Um, and so, um, I think just one more scripture verse, and we'll be we'll wind it up. Um, James in James. James chapter one. Oh, I'm sorry. James chapter three. Um, verse two. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they may obey us, we direct their entire body as well. If you've ever had anything to do with horses, you know that's true. They they will just almost um, bend over backwards to do what you tell them to do because they have that bit in their mouth um number four verse four behold the ships also though they are so great and are driven by strong winds are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires so also and the tongue is being compared to the ship so also the tongue is a small part of the body and yet it boasts of great things behold how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire and the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. And so the tongue is in comparison to a small rudder in a big boat. That, that rudder is going to make that boat go wherever it is directed to go. The same with our tongue. We are going to go wherever we direct our body to go by what we speak and so it's really important if you're if you're in a situation find out what the word says start saying what the word says about your situation and you know how long do you suppose it takes that big boat that little rudder to turn that big boat don't quit confessing if you don't see it that big boat turn around overnight but it will change it will change course It will do that and so it's really important that we as the redeemed we know what we have been given we know who we are and we say in line with his word what we have been given and who we are and stop cursing ourselves stop cursing our family stop cursing our body stop cursing our friends but speak what God says about our friends Speak what God says about our body. Speak what God says about our, our, our um, family. What does he say about the family? Take time to look up the scripture verses and you can start confessing the right things about your family and things will change. I'm serious, it will change. Now we'll probably hit a little bit of this Thursday night, but there'll be more to the area of prayer on Thursday night than just this, but <clears throat> things will change. And I know it's never it's never fun to be in the midst of the situation, but when you know you have the God in all this fullness, the Trinity, all three of them backing you up when you speak the word, it won't be it won't be just like that. It'll be um, a piece of cake. <laughs> I guess I want to say it'll be a cakewalk. You know, it'll be a cakewalk. It won't be a um, uh, an issue like it has been in the past. You know there's so many things that i mean i can remember going up and down like this up and down i'd be victory and then this would be uh, victory this but but things are not i've grown a lot i recognize when i'm thinking wrong i recognize when it doesn't line up with the word and that my life becomes more on the victory level all the time so it's important that as the redeemed of the lord because of the price that Jesus paid. I want you to remember that picture. And and ask him, he'll help you watch your words. They are important, amen? Amen. Father, we just wanna thank you for your word that is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you, Father, that your word, as we agree with it, doesn't return void, but it does accomplish there to where it has been sent. And Father, as we speak your word in line with the situation we're dealing with, that word does not return void, but it changes that situation and brings a victory out of it in Jesus' name. We, we can have a triumph in the midst of it in the name of Jesus just because we agree with you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So if you have anything you would like to pray about... Um, Please feel free to come up here and I'll pray with you. Um, You are dismissed to go do what needs to be done next. (laughs) So you kids, you guys, if you want to go do what the other kids are doing, you better go now, right, with them, those young ladies back there.